All right. I'm going to um, I'm going to get started uh, on this one because I actually have a lot of information to get through, and and I just want to say a little precursor to this one. Um, a lot of the things that I'm going to say right now I have not said before, and I really want to be extremely sensitive, but I also think with that there are things in our church that we need to talk about. And so, uh, you know, the, the, these subject matters are, are extremely difficult in, in terms of the politics of what's going on in our world today. So uh, I just, I just want to say that before we get started in this, and um, I'm going to try to get through it. This presentation right here is actually probably most likely going to be split up into two. So it's going to kind of have, you're going to not really get the full story um, in, this, in, this, uh, in this one hour, but I'm going to do my best. So let's, uh, let's uh, ask for the Holy Spirit here today. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We know you love us. Lord, we have set our eyes on the things of this world. We have let things into our lives that I know has, has, has blocked us from seeing you. Lord, this is a, um, a topic that you have laid upon our ministry's hearts to share with our fellow brethren and sisters. We know it's not the issue. The issue, Lord, is to how to get you into our hearts. So we ask that you come into each one of our hearts today, right here, right now. Soften our hearts, open our eyes, and may this information impact us in a way that we don't want to ever be a part of this world again. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, for those of you that have uh, stayed for the other presentation or maybe are coming in here for the new one, we just went over a lot of the science of what's going on inside your brain um, when you watch television. And I needed to lay that foundation. So for those of you that are walking in this presentation, maybe have never heard of our ministry before, you're going to just have to trust me on this. How many of you have ever seen a movie and been positively impacted by it? Raise your hand. And this is not a trick question. Almost everybody in the room has been positively impacted by some movie. I have. So would it be out of context to say something has a negative impact as well? Because you can't say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm impacted to be a good human being over here with this, but oh, it doesn't do anything bad to me. If it can go this way, it can go that way too. And I'll tell you what. As we kind of talk about some of these uh, Hollywood movies, what scares me the most is the things with the Bible references. That's what scares me the most. The movies, like when we first started this ministry, let me tell you, we, we, we showed evil after evil after evil. I can't tell you, I have broken down in tears in front of audiences before, and people are like, oh my goodness, this speaker's like totally crying. <laughs> and, and because of the evil that I'm showing, let me tell you, I am sick of seeing some of these clips. Trust you, I can hardly watch them, but I see a problem. And the problem that I see in our church is that we read our Bible and we let these things into our life. There's a blending of light and darkness that's happening here. And let me tell you, it's going to get weirder and weirder and weirder, and it's going to get harder and harder to spot the error. I'm gonna show you a movie that just came out yesterday I'm going to show you a clip, just the trailer. You guys can go on the internet and look at the trailer, and we're going to sit there and analyze it. 
I'm going to play it for you first, and I want to teach you how to spot these things. And with God's help, I hope that someday you will wake up and you will say, you know what, enough is enough. I don't want this in my life anymore. That is the goal of this. So I'll let the cat out of the bag right now. I'm here to hopefully destroy your confidence in the Hollywood machine. So this presentation is titled Holy Hollywood. Now, why did I title it that within, with, a, um, with a brackets around the E? Because there's a lot of holy or, or messages that are coming out of Hollywood, but I think they're full of holes. And when there's something that is 99% truth and 1% error, is it worth anything to me? No. Matthew 7, 21 to 22 says this, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now this is key right here. It's not people that just say, I follow God. It's the people that do the will of God. Does that make sense? Many people will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done a lot of wonderful works? There's a lot of movies that are coming out these days that, you know what, I pray to God that they're having a positive impact. But if they're causing error, woe unto those people. Matthew 7, 23 says, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that do iniquity. So I want to point something out here. How many of you believe Snoop Dogg believes in God? Raise your hand. Lots of people, right? Come on, Snoop Dogg. Haven't you heard some of his raps? This guy believes in God. Here's a little clip from him. So, Snoop, I have to ask you this sort of a question, right? What does God mean to you? What do you think creating you out of luck? Um, God is everything to me. Without God, I'm nothing. I couldn't exist without him. And I keep him in everything I do. Interesting. Snoop Dogg believes in God? How about Beyonce? Where, where, where does Beyonce get her uh, inspiration from? What's your relationship to God? I'm sorry? What's your relationship to God? With God? He is the reason why. Have you seen any of her work? It's terrible. But nonetheless, this goes on and on. How about Steven Seagal? This guy believe in God? I mean, have you seen any of his movies? It's just break your arm, smash you up. Like, this is terrible stuff. But on and on, I could stand up here and show you celebrity after celebrity after celebrity that will attribute their, their work to God and their belief in God. How about this person? Lady Gaga. You don't think she believes in God? You don't think she thinks she's following and worshiping God? I found this very interesting when I saw this clip. It just about blew my mind. They're asking her, how are you so famous? How did you get to the place that you are right now? And listen to the answer that she says. How did this happen? How did this, how did, who created them? Because I created them. I She doesn't just mention a God. Snoop, anything could be a God. This is a God. This is a God. 
anything could be a God. You're just giving reference to God. But here she doesn't even just say God. She says, Jesus put me here. In fact, did you know that before every single concert, this woman prays with her whole entire cast? It's terrible. These are real, genuine prayers. I'm not even going to play, play it for you because I believe in the power of prayer, and I don't know what God she's praying to. It's not my God. But I'm going to show you something that's really interesting. Here she's backstage of Madison Square, and that whole clip is really interesting. She's crying, saying, I am such a loser. I can't go out and do this. I can't go out in front of these millions of people. You know Madison is one of the biggest places you could ever perform at a concert. She is literally at the very tippy top of the game, and she's backstage bawling her eyes out, saying, I can't do this. And then she goes, everybody, we need to pray. We need to pray. And she gets together and prays for the power to go out and do this. Here's what I find is really interesting, and here's why it's so important for you to know your Bible, so that when you see error, you can say, I don't care what they even say out of their mouth, by their fruits you shall know them. At every single concert, she goes to the concert, and she says she hates something more than money. And here's what she says she hates more than money. So she hates the truth so much that she would prefer a giant dose of blankety-blank-blank over the truth any day. She says it at every single concert, all the time. You know what's interesting about my Bible? Who is the very definition of truth? Jesus told me, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. By saying you hate truth, who do you hate? There's a confusion here that's going on. A blending. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I have been to some of our Seventh-day Adventist conservative academies. I will not name them. I have given a presentation. I have walked back to the dorm, and I have heard Lady Gaga bumping in the dorm rooms. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that we do not see this. And a verse that is so commonly used, we do not spot that and say, you know what, that's error. I don't want that in my life. Now, I'm showing you this because I want to also show you the flip side of the coin. Did you know there's a lot of actors that absolutely do not like God whatsoever? Here's one of them that absolutely does not care about God. And here, listen to what the CNN anchor says to him. And you've said before, Marty, that you're, you're a, a man of God. Uh, when you did this, and, and so many questions were posed. I'm not saying I'm a man of God. So he's very outspoken about his, uh, does not like God whatsoever. In fact, here's a quote from him. I, I'm God. Uh, my belief system doesn't support a creator as such as we call him God. Who created us in his or her image, its image? It's hard to question that. As I said in the start, I think I, we invented God. So if I believe in God, I do. It's because I am God. Now here's what's interesting about this quote. Didn't he play God? 
in a movie. Do you see a disconnect here? As I show you some of these movies, like the Lego movie that came out, I want to show you that they're picking people who are Christian to play certain parts and picking people who are evil to play other parts, and sometimes they're mixing them around. And now, here is one of the producers. Um, this guy was a former executive of ABC, and I want to show you how a lot of these people who are high, high up in this Hollywood machine, if, if it, you're going to hear this term pop up. If I say right or left, does that make sense to you guys? Some, they're on the right or they're on the left? The right is referring to conservatives, okay? The left is referring to liberals. And so the question is asked, this guy's really interesting, BenjaminShapiro.com. He actually wrote a book called, uh, uh, it's about the propaganda of Hollywood. And he's got video after video on his website. Uh, his, his main goal is to sell his book, but he interviews a bunch of these guys, asking them about their opinions of the right or the left side in Hollywood. And here's what he has to uh, ask Leonard Goldberg. <laughs> So here's what he's, he's getting to the heart of the matter. Hollywood is a very liberal community. And what you're going to see over and over again is these are the top people that are making this information. So if you watch a lot of this information, you are not getting two sides of the story. You're getting one. And it's over and over and over again. Um, Fred Silverman also says the same thing. He was uh, uh, one of the, the, the big TV guys uh, who was the former VP of CBS. Uh, he worked with ABC, NBC. I mean, this guy's like one of the top guys. Let's start there. So he says, it's not available. Let's start there. The creator of Friends, I want to start to open up a little can of worms here. Um, she's going to talk a little bit about why they put some of the content in Friends that they, that they did. Who here uh, watched Friends or has seen an episode? Pretty much everybody in the room, right? Okay. So does this bring back memories? So this is one of the creators. She created the show, and they're going to ask her about um, some of the so you guys, are, you guys are getting the point. Desperate Housewives writer, he's going to talk a little bit about um, why he put some of these gay characters in Desperate Housewives and what that had, what kind of an impact that is going to have on society. Now you think that the tiny little seeds that are planted may not affect us immediately, but the interesting thing about a seed is that it can sit in the ground for a while. And all it has to be is watered down the road, and it pops up. I, I found this quote really interesting with Adolf Hitler. Make the big lie, make it simple, keep it saying it, and eventually we will believe it. And the reason that I want to open up this can of worm about homosexuality with you, and not to discuss whether I think it's right or whether I think it's wrong, that is a totally, like, uh, needs a separate uh, presentation just on that subject. It could be anything. How many of you have ever seen the movie Jaws? Right? How many of you are actually generally like a little bit fearful to swim in the deep ocean? Right? Do you know that there are certain things that have been put out in the media that have had a direct 
impact upon our society. And the shark attack thing is, is one of the perfect examples. It's so rare that you would ever get attacked by a shark, yet we have this fear that was placed into us because of some sort of media outlet. So really, I could discuss anything on the board. I just want to focus on this hot topic because I want to show you that there is generally an idea behind the people that are making these things that are pushing certain types of agendas, okay? How many of you are realize that they are remaking all of the major comic characters and, and adding homosexuality to them? Can you name one that they just recently like came out in 2012 and changed? Green Lantern. And it's really interesting to me that in the Lego movie, the little Green Lantern guy liked Batman or something like, or I can't remember which one it was. There's little nuances in there that they're doing to leak these things out there, okay? Now, it says the mystery is over. This is actually from the DC Comics website where they said the identity of one of their characters is in question. Uh, Alan also happens to be a homosexual. While his origins won't be shown in full detail until issue three, we can tease that a traumatic event will serve as a catalyst for him in assuming his superhero um, identity as the Green Lantern. Okay? Now here's an interesting little news clip that I found that was years ago. You remember the movie Brokeback Mountain? Okay, right? Now this is a really interesting um, idea because I remember when that movie came out, I thought, what a weird like movie for them to put the subject of homosexuality in. Gay cowboys that are both really straight actors in real life. So you have a lot of things going on at play in your mind. You know that both of these actors are straight. You know that in your mind. And so when you watch this, it does something to you when you watch a, a very common historical like you know American cowboy wearing thing and all of a sudden they put it in a different context so they're going to talk a little bit about that and why this is happening now what's interesting to me about this subject matter is really it is a small group of the population that's truly struggling with this I mean really in comparative to to the larger group but through this media that they're pushing out there, look at what has been overturned in the last year. You see state after state after state overturning these things that have been literally defined for thousands of years, and they're using media. Now, what about X-Men? Has anybody heard that, that this is actually a total homosexual agenda? Here's what's interesting to me about this. Notice it says, witness the moment that will change our world, okay? I did a little bit of research into these guys. Brian Singer was one that directed a couple of the, um, the X-Men shows, okay? He also did Superman. I don't know if you've, you're familiar with this particular director, but um, here's something that's really interesting. An article that was written, Mutant is the New Gay. Um, you know, this character here that plays Magneto is actually a, a total open practicing homosexual, okay? And so this is what he said. In order to get him, they pitched the show to him as, as, as being an allegory where there was perfect stand-ins for the current struggles of the LGB people, and I thought he was right. So he chose to be in the movie because he thought this was an awesome opportunity to talk about homosexuality in, a, in, in this way. Now here's an interview with Brian Singer talking about him putting homosexual things in the movie. Okay. 
Oh, wait. Before, before I get to that, this is actually a clip of Ian, which is really interesting. When he goes and stays at hotels, he rips out the part of the Bible that says homosexuality is not good. So the way he deals with it, obviously, is to say, I'm going to just remove this portion of the Bible. But nonetheless, here's what's interesting. Dan Harris and Michael Dougherty were helped write X-Men 1 and X-Men 2, okay? All open um, um, homosexuals, homosexuals, they talk about it uh, as, as this is also their allegory. Um, in fact, this, there's both of them right here. They say it's become more of a metaphor for sexual identity and orientation because it's more appropriate to look at a person and have to say, are you a mutant? Or can, you can't always look at a person and, at, and know if they're a mutant, you just like you can't look at a person and know if they're gay. Now, here's one of the uh, writers that helped write uh, the third one, and this is what he says. I helped write the movie and uh, can tell you that they're... Um, uh, tell you the gay rights, posts, Holocaust, Jewish identity were all allegory stuff that was put in there on purpose. Brian Singer here, uh, remember he's the one that uh, uh, did the second Superman. Um, if, if for those of you that uh, uh, have, have ever watched that, here's what Brian Singer told the uh, um, Hollywood Reporter. I've always felt that the origin of Superman is the story of Moses, a child sent on a ship to fulfill a destiny said Singer, a producer on the upcoming X-Men film, First Class. And this was a story about, for, uh, about Christ. It's all about sacrifice, the world, I hear their cry. So what happens? He gets a knife in the side and falls to the earth in the shape of a crucifix. It was kind of nailing you on the head, and I enjoyed that, because I've always found that the myth of Christ compelling and moving. So I hoped to take my own take, which is, uh, which is basically he's putting his own ideas in there. So here's a little clip of him talking about putting um, some of his own ideas into the X-Men. There's some subject matter and excavation in it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this because this is a very sensitive subject matter. And, and I have to say this again and again and again. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I pray for these people. I really do. You know, there's somebody that contacts our ministry all the time that is totally trying to reach out to um, a bunch of celebrities out into uh, into Hollywood, and she constantly calls us. She she sends great controversies. She's she's constantly trying to reach these people. I think we should be praying for them. Amen. I think that 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 any one of these sins that are discussed right here, all of us are dealing with something. All of us are struggling with things. But I want to point something out, and this is just one of them. I don't want to make this the arch sin or this is the arch problem. But I want to show you something that's very interesting to me. He's making a movie like Superman and equating it to Christ. Now, what I'm very, very cautious of is people that are making a story about something so intricate as the story of Christ better be sold out to Christ. You better not be able to, to open yourself up to very satanic things and then try to make a story about Christ because it's going to be a twisted story. You can't have both feet in both worlds. And that's what I see is happening with a lot of these things. So just because Superman is an allegory for Christ, you have to look at some of these things and say, what is the fruit of the person that is making that project? Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Because if it is an allegory for Christ, in order for it to really be truly there, I would want that person so in their Bible because it's very, very easy to open yourself up to the devil. So I want to show you this. You know he's being indicted right now for molestation of multiple people. 15-year-old boy that in Hollywood says when he first moved to Hollywood, there is a ring of pedophiliacs that prey on all of these young kids that move to Hollywood and try to get in there. And there's houses where terrible things, you can't even imagine the terrible things that some of these kids go through. And all of a sudden, this has happened multiple times. Somebody from England, somebody from America, he's, being, uh, uh, he's in court constantly for these younger boys. My brother worked on a show with, um, with uh, John Travolta. And he said John Travolta used to show up to the set with young boys all the time. There are so many people in Hollywood that you have no idea the depths of things that they've crawled through. And, and, and all you see them is for face value. There are so many evil things in that town. And all we see is a surface value of some of these people. So... This is one of the young kids talking about it. I actually might skip over this, um, this clip just because you guys get the point. You don't need to see him talk about these terrible things that go on. But I do want to point this out. Do you know the, uh, the, the guy, um, Corey Feldman? How many of you saw the interview with Corey Feldman from CNN and him talking about the pedophiliac that happens in, in Hollywood? I do want to show you this clip because I want to show you not there is more terrible things than you could possibly imagine that are going on behind the scenes. And this is one of the things that, that, that is not being talked about at all. And Corey Feldman uh, finally came forward and talked a little bit about it. Corey Feldman has no idea what it's like not to be famous. He was just three years old in this McDonald's commercial. I literally was famous before I knew my own name. His roles defined the 80s. Goonies. This was my dream. My wish. Stand by me. Call my dad and I'll kill you. License to drive. The only difference between you and that grease ball is that he has a license and you don't. Oh, that propelled him into the spotlight for his entire youth. But being famous so young, he says, caused serious damage to him and his friends. Do you feel like you missed out on a normal childhood? <laughs> what childhood? <laughs> I don't know what that means. A lost childhood and a loss of innocence. He blames the adults, not just those looking to profit from charming children, but also some with far more sinister motives. I can tell you that the number one problem in Hollywood was and is and always will be pedophilia. That's the biggest problem for children in this industry. The Catholic Church is even a product of children. Oh yeah. Not in the same way. It's all done under the radar. Nobody talks about pedophilia. It's the big secret. Then it's widespread. Oh yeah. I was surrounded by them when I was 14 years old. Surrounded. Literally. Didn't even know it. It wasn't until I was old enough to realize what they were and what they wanted and what they were about and the types of people that were surrounding me until I went, oh my God, they were everywhere like vultures. Vultures who Feldman says abused him and his best friend, the late child actor Corey Haynes. 
his co-star in The Lost Boys. Well, what happens if my mom is dating a vampire? Feldman says the trauma of that pedophilia contributed to Haim's death. There's one person to blame for the death of Corey Haim, and that person happens to be a Hollywood mogul. And that person needs to be exposed, but unfortunately I can't be the one to do it. But the person that knows who did it and knows who he is is watching right now, I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you have no idea. That's what kind of people are. And, and, and if you watch this whole interview, it is major, major. Everybody's watched movies from some of these people. Everybody. And, and this is kind of the spirit of, of the things that is going on behind the scenes. How many of you know where he got his character for this particular movie? Anybody? Here's what he's told the Rolling Stone right here. Well, there's this great book called Sodomy and the Pirate Tradition. Hmm, interesting. A very inter interesting book, and it was exactly going, I wasn't exactly going for that character, as Keith Richard is not flamboyant in his actions. Keith is pretty much stealth, meaning Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, who has is, is been known to be uh, totally gay. And, and so he's blending mixtures of this book and Keith Richards into his character. And so, but with Jack, it was more like I had the idea of being ambiguous, taking this character and making it a little bit questionable. Because women were thought to be bad luck on ships, and these pirates would go out for years at a time. So you know, there's the possibility that one thing would lead to another. You're lonely, you have an extra ration of rum, cabin boy. This is the kind of character that is put back there, and millions and millions and millions of kids go and watch these movies. And you wonder what kind of seeds are being planted in their minds. Does this make sense? These are movies that are not just, just little things. Now this is where I'm going with this whole thing. And this is why I'm talking about this. I know we spent a lot of time focusing on the homosexuality thing, but I wanna point this out. The Hollywood Reporter wrote this, Glee and Modern Family drove voters in favor of gay marriage. I want to point this because it's staggering right here. Asked about how the shows influenced them, 27% um, became pro-gay marriage in almost one year. Twen one out of every three people totally changed their mind about something and totally went in a different direction. That is astronomical numbers. Astronomical numbers. One out of every three people. You know what? If you've made a decision about, I believe this, all you have to do is watch enough television and that belief system can start to change. That is the only reason I want to show you this. Because something that everyone in here might be saying, I know what I believe about this. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. I have the truth. And I know what I believe. Let me tell you, you watch enough TV, um, I, we could change anything in your mind. Anything. Change your belief system about anything. And this is where we're getting to this. ABC put a show out called, um, called The Resurrection. Have you seen this clip? The Resurrection, right? I want to point something out, though. When you watch television or when you watch movies, I, I find this fascinating. You, you, you've heard them say, hide things in plain sight. They're telling you right up front what they're doing in the little words. You could literally watch this and, and, and just like turn off the music and turn off everything and just read the words. And I wish this thing was, would, would, would be able to see. If you can see on my computer right here, it says the resurrection, right? So I'm gonna show you uh, the words that they play in here. 
It says, if you lost someone who, who returned to you, notice they get you emotionally. So right here it says a television event that will make you question everything you believe. Within 30 seconds, I just heard something that will make me question everything I believe. Do I want that in my mind? No. I want to teach you how to look at these things and within seconds be able to say, I don't want that in my mind. I don't want that in my mind. I don't need that. I don't need somebody tinkering with what I believe. If you just look at the words that they post on here, this is for the movie Sleepy Hollow or the TV show Sleepy Hollow. It says two worlds, the battle for mankind. I mean, they're telling you exactly what is going on, what they're starting to tinker with, what they're messing with. And if you listen to the words, they're talking about hell and, and all sorts of things here, right? All this stuff that's from the Bible. And I want to point something out to you. This is about the TV show called Sleepy Hollow. And it's a town called Sleepy Hollow. And you can look this up on the internet or you can, you can, you can go there. But there's a town that I find is very interesting. What is the population of Sleepy Hollow? Somebody must know the truth to put that on there. You don't randomly put that on a thing in the background without knowing the truth. Brothers and sisters, this thing is just so deep, it's beyond what you can possibly imagine. There's nothing in a frame, in a movie, that somebody did not consciously make a decision to put that there. Somebody had to make the sign. Somebody had to call up the art department and say, art department put population 144,000. Somebody had to say that decision. Who are these people? There's so much more than meets the eye. You would be shocked at what goes on underneath all of these things. Here's a new movie that's coming out. It's so cute. They're so cute. But if you watch the trailer for this movie, you will hear something that is contrary to your Bible. Okay? I'll see if you can see it. Oh, interesting. I wonder what subject matter we're talking about here. If anyone's going to save us, it isn't my God. It's us. You've got to understand how movies work. What are you taking to heaven with you? Your character, which is made up of two things. What? Thoughts and feelings, right? Music is the feelings. The words are the thoughts. All you're doing is watching thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings. You watch enough thoughts and feelings, just like Adolf Hitler says, you will believe what is told to you. This is sobering. Because I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist boy. I grew up reading the Great Controversy. I grew up in a very conservative home, let me tell you. I wasn't allowed to watch television. And when I got old enough to choose in the world, do I want this a part of my life? Guess what? I left religion so quick it would make your head spin. And I knew. 
I knew what was going on. How much time do we have? Do you know? An hour. Keep going. We're the next one. So let's get to this. No! You, you, you know what I love? I'm going to carry an axe around with me to chop down some of these idols. Do you realize what we're dealing with here? These are huge in people's minds. I don't even have to show you the trailer to this movie right here. All I have to do is say, look at the movie poster. Is this in contrary to my Bible? When the world needs a hero, who do they call? I don't call Jesus. I call who? A villain? Do you want that in your life? Lord, have mercy on our church. How is it that we have not read this and been able to spot this and say, you know what they're doing in your mind? They're building up the villain. They're building up the villain. They're building up the villain over and over and over again. Do you know what repetition does to you? It reinforces something inside of you. Do, 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 do you see why I feel so passionate about this? Do you realize I went to Hollywood in a dream to make this stuff? I worked in this industry for 10 years. I worked on so many things I could not even share with you that it is shameful that I even worked on them knowing what I know. And when I came out, I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, send me, whatever. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You name it, I'll do it. And he has sent me around the world to speak about this thing that has crept in everybody's home. When are we going to say, I don't want this anymore. I don't need this. I need one thing. I need to focus on my relationship with Jesus Christ so that I can go out there and do what I was called to do to herald a three angels message. But I can't do that if I've got both feet on both sides of the fence. I know what it's like to like this business. I know what it's like to be in love with Hollywood. You don't understand, brothers and sisters, I was in love with this business. That's an understatement. I saw every movie that came out when I, moved, when I lived down there. I picked apart, analyzed, looked at the background, paused it, said, how did they do this shot? Because I wanted to make this shot. Do you know why God asked me to do this? Because of how much I was in love with it. He said, you must destroy your idol. Then you must go to your fathers. You must go to your brothers and your sisters and share with them the freedom that I gave you when you broke away from this. And let me tell you, it's been freedom. I haven't seen a movie in years. What I'm showing you right here, I haven't seen these movies. Didn't even look at it. I looked at the movie poster. That's what I hope that you guys can do. Because I believe that if you pray this prayer, Lord, do you want me to have this in my life? Do you want me to watch this? Do you want me to, to do this? God will not ignore you. He'll prick your heart so hard and 
and, and impress upon you the things. I, I, I'm not any special person that's, that picks this stuff out of the blue. It was just a simple understanding of, Lord, what do you want in my life? The Lego movie. I haven't seen this movie. I've read about it. I understand the concept. I've seen the trailer, but let me break it down to you for you, okay? The lead character named Emmett, and these Legos are all fighting against something. There is a person, a boss, if you would, that is up in the world that has created an instructional book, stop me when I get familiar, and that all of the Legos don't want to follow the instructional book they want to do what they want to do to break away from this world. Interesting. I believe in an instructional book. And I believe in one that we should be following, not teaching people to break away from. His name is Emmet, which is really interesting. Any Jewish scholars in the room? Emmet was suggested by this person here, Greg Silverman, who also was in instrumental, he's, he's one of the presidents of Warner Brothers, of Inception and Matrix, two Gnostic films. Emmet means truth. So here you have a guy, the lead guy, who they're calling truth, who needs to leave this world with the instruction manual on it. And the word truth in, in, the, in the Kabbalah, do you know what the Kabbalah is? How many of you know what the Kabbalah is? A Jewish cult, right? It's not necessarily a cult as much as it is Jewish mysticism. Okay? We call it black magic. Have you heard this term? Do you know, have you heard like Madonna, big into the, the Kabbalah? In fact, um, I'll get to that in a second. This character here, who's also a good guy, his name is, um, how do you say that? Vir Virtue? Vitrius, right? Vitrius. Do you know who that is in history? He was the great architect. In fact, the Vitrius man, you see the, the, the picture of him like this in a circle? What's interesting to me is do you know how many Masonic um, lodges are titled this? Look up on the internet. Just type that word in and you'll see brrr, all this Masonic activity centered around this name. And her name is Lucy. I'm going to go out on a little, little gander here. Is Lucy short for something? Maybe? These names are not put in these movies by chance. Somebody made that decision. Somebody put that in there. Once again, I have not seen this movie. I have not seen this movie. But I want to point something out to you about this movie. It does not take very much research to look at something and say, is this contrary to my Bible? I don't care if it's 1% contrary to my Bible. 99% truth and 1% error is a false doctrine. That's what it is. 
So I take a look at this, and I don't want to pick apart the story and totally go crazy if you just read the internet chatter about this movie, right? How many of you have heard there's a homosexual agenda placed in this movie, all this, right? You've kind of heard that, and that some of the most popular songs that are in here are, are, are aiming at that. I will break away, though, and I, and, I, and I will tell you this. This movie has made box office numbers. I mean, it's just astronomical how many people have seen this. Have, have you ever typed in YouTube? And have you ever looked on YouTube and seen how many people are like singing that song, Let It Be? Or Let It Go. Sorry. See, I haven't even seen it. Don't care. Don't even know. Let It Go. Sorry. <laughs> Let It Go. Just look at the numbers of these little girls that sing this song. They're in the, you know, 100 million. That's so crazy. To, to, to even just fathom that somebody that's not even the artist singing the song is getting that kind of hits on YouTube. That's how popular this, this whole entire um, movie has gotten. Okay, So here I want to point something out. That song, Let It Go, is that the name? Let It Go? Okay, was written by these two guys right here. So anytime that I go, okay, here's a popular song, here's a popular artist, here's a director, here's a, something that wrote this, I want to know a little bit about those people. So I typed in the internet, what do these people believe? Because whatever they believe, if it's true art, they're going to put it in the art. So here's what they believe. From PasadenaNews.com, uh, for the story to work, the filmmakers uh, needed to find a way to, that would thaw out Elsa's character. That helped along the songs composed by Robert Lopez, and his, uh, known for his work on Avenue Q and the Book of the Mormon, and his wife, Kristen uh, Anderson Lopez, okay? So I go, okay, so here's two other songs that they have written, one on a thing called Avenue Q and a Book of the Mormon. So I type in the internet, what is Avenue Q? Never heard of this in my entire life. And here's what Avenue Q is, an entire play do dedicated to homosexuality. And in fact, they have a song in there that says, if you were gay, you can count on me to always be there by your side uh, every day. I'll tell you it's okay. You were just born that way, blah, 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 right? Okay, so here, Book of the Mormon, what is that? I have no idea what this is. I've never seen this before. There's a song in here, Book of the Mormon, character, okay? Um, and it's all about being gay. When you start to get confused because your thoughts in your head don't, don't feel those feelings, hold them in instead, turn it off like a light switch, just go click. We do it all the time. It's a great little Mormon trick. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. So here this tells me, by deduction of reason, here's people that are very pro-homosexual movement on this side. Why wouldn't they put that in that story or in that song? So let's just analyze the words of this song, okay? Could it couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel. Don't let them know. Well, now they know. They'll let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Turn away. Slam the door. And the fears that once controlled me can't get me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits to break through. No right, no wrong. Uh-oh. No rules for me. I'm free. You tell me... Where in this does it say there is no rules and no laws and that I am free? It's not in here. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, it is, because that's what Lucifer said in heaven. I don't want to follow your rules. I don't want to follow your laws. I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to break free from this. 
that's not in line with my Bible. Whether or not this has a homosexual agenda, don't care. Doesn't matter to me. That matters to me. That's a big theological difference in my, in my belief system. How about this? Now I'm going to start to show you how to spot the great controversy in popular films. Okay? How many of you that have not seen our presentation or seen what we have to say on this have seen this movie? Okay? So, and it's not a trick question, don't worry. Uh, I saw the first one, so don't feel bad. Um, um, is this a good guy or a bad guy? This is, <laughs> this is uh, Primus, Optimus Prime. Good guy or bad guy? Okay, so I hear, I hear, because you know this is, this is somewhat of a trick question, and bad guy. I want you to pay attention to something, and this is why it's important to listen to the words. This is the very first Transformer um, movie, and listen to what is said in the trailer to the very first Transformer movie. Before time began, there was the cube. We know not where it comes from. Okay, so what was the information that was told to you? In the beginning, there was a war, okay? We all believe that there was a war. There's a war going on in the galaxy, right? That's true. That's a true statement. And in this war, there is something that has the ability to create worlds and fill them with life. In your Bible, what is the only thing that has the ability to create a world and fill it with life? God. More specifically, who? Jesus, right? He's the one that has the ability to create a world and fill it with life. Now, here is the entire premise of the entire Transformers movie right here. They tell you in the trailer. Freedom is the light of all sentient beings. You all know there's only one way to end this war. We must destroy the cube. What? Now, hold on. Think about this logically. A cube. What's interesting about a cube is it has three perfect parts that fit together. What does the city of Jerusalem look like? A cube. This is so deep over and over again. The whole idea is to destroy Jesus. Now you think about it and you go back to the movie poster and you think it says to destroy this guy. You know what's interesting about Metatron? He was frozen in the earth for 3,000 years. You know what a 1,000 years is like to God? Like a day. A day is like a 1,000 years. So he's in the earth for three, three days. It goes on and on and on. Whoa. Now you wonder, I read my Bible. I'm not getting anything out of my Bible. It's in direct conflict to what you let into your mind. That's why. This is the movie I talked about that was opening yesterday. It was the first day. I want to play the trailer for you. 
The reason I want to play the trailer to you is because I want you to see over and over and over again this theme that is popping up again and again and again. And hopefully, you'll be able to spot it. And more importantly, I must say this first. You will not be able to spot an error by studying a counterfeit. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. It is not my goal that you go to the movies and try to spot this stuff out. That is not my purpose for showing you this. My goal is the closer that you get to the truth, the more you go, I don't want this in my life. I don't need this error presented to my mind. So that is why I'm showing you this, because I want you to realize, and I'm having a double standard here, I want to break Hollywood's confidence or your confidence in the Hollywood machine, because they are telling you the stories of the great controversy upside down. So you guys, I'm going to play the whole trailer for you. I'm not going to break it. So it's two minutes long, and I want you to sit here and think about it in the context of the great controversy. I want you to pick out these parts, and then we'll go through, and I'll show you how they're doing this. Oh, yeah. Here's the top of the movie poster. Search for truth and find freedom. Isn't that what we all want? We want the truth, and I want to be free. Okay. I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm out of time, and I know there's a lot of people out there that want to come in here, and I was trying to get through the whole presentation, so I'm actually not going to go through this whole thing like little clip by clip and show you the error. I'm just going to tell you the error. How many of you spotted the things? How many of you spotted the apple? How many of you spotted these various like, like words, terminologies that you hear in your Bible all the time? There is a black and white world out there and, and that is wanting to solve the problem of suffering and pain. Do you know what God's world is wanting to do? Solve the world of suffering and pain. And so all of a sudden he has this giver who gives him something. The first piece of color that he sees, this red apple, all of a sudden. This is a Gnostic story at its highest. And all of a sudden he sees that his father is the one that killed his brother. Putting little seeds in your mind that the father is the evil one. It, this, this goes on and on and on, brothers and sisters. Let me tell you, though, I pray, I pray that this kind of content is, is, is disgusting to you. If it turns disgusting in your mouth, praise the Lord. In fact, you know, I, I, I shouldn't even be talking about this thing in our church. We should be focusing on how do we get a better relationship with Christ. And that's what hopefully this is all about, is getting the clamor and the clutter out of your mind so that you can fully focus on your relationship with Christ. I didn't get to the end of my presentation. You guys are more than welcome to, to, to stop by the booth. There's, I guess, a whole bunch of people out there. So I'm going to just basically kind of jump backwards a little bit on this presentation. So you don't probably need to stick around and stay here. But I will be here all tonight. If you want to come by the booth and have questions, you want to chat, you want to stay till afterwards, I'll stay in here as long as anybody wants to. But let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for your Sabbath day. Lord, forgive us for allowing things into our mind that are complete contrary to what you want in our lives. I just pray, Lord, for everybody that's here, 
Lord, send the Holy Spirit to impress upon everybody what they should do, where they should go, how they should handle this information. And Lord, I just pray, pray that we as a church realize and understand how to invite you into our hearts every single day to not allow this stuff into our minds. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.